0: Our co-host Gene Robinson. Gene, up there?
1: Yes, I am. Made it in just in time.
0: You did make it just in the nick of time. And so did I. As, uh, I'm Skyping in again. I'm Skyping in from White Sands Missile Range. I actually range. Um range. My Skype told me it was unavailable. <laughs> it was about four seconds on the clock, so it was scrambling. But it always works out that way. Anyway, so uh, I'm going right ahead here with the program. Uh, you know, first thing I want to talk about is the flying show, and I kind of did this with Eugene, Gene, but uh, for the audience, we have passed 21,000 loads for that fly-in show alone, and uh, the series itself, uh, we, we've had more than 110,000 loads since May. What, what do you?
1: No, that is just indicative of the information that people are really looking for for use of uh, unmanned aircraft. It's uh, As we start gaining momentum, it's just going to continue, and I think we're going to get a larger and larger following because we're out there doing it. We're actually out there using it. We're developing the technology. So I just see it getting bigger and better.
0: I do. I uh, care with that notion, sir. And, uh, you know, following in those footsteps, we're going to we're – we're live – from an Apple R training event that you're at, um, and we will, you know, that's going to be today's show, but talk a little bit about uh, some other things going on we get into that. I mean, that's exciting news about the podcast. Um, I mean, it blows me well. away to tell you, when, I, when we started this thing, I figured at five, 600 downloads a week, you know, we could build up to that. Uh, I just, you know, when I look and we're now 10,000 downloads a week or thousand downloads a week, it's, uh, it's, uh I'm just fine. So, uh, onward, but I think that you're right. I think people are really, uh, you know, uh, one work this field. Obviously, when we're getting those types of downloaders, it's got to be people from, uh, the immediate circle, um, to mind to you when you uh, think about down numbers, Gene, besides what you just said.
1: Okay, Patrick, I, I hate to tell you this, but your comms are pretty bad right now. We're having a hard time picking you up over here breaking up on night So you have to repeat your questions or speak very slowly so we can understand you. you know that uh, you're out at the uh, White Van, Uh that cell phone feather is probably running pretty hard
0: you'll get the engine power cell phone well I'm actually doing it via satellite so uh, that's why but anyway um, I will try and slow down a little bit Um, I guess we can move right into the show's uh, title for today and you talk a little bit about what you're doing uh, down there at that star training exercise
1: yeah, that'd be great, because uh, we just took a break. Uh, I'm here with uh, Chris Onion. He is from the United Kingdom. Uh, that would be great to- Britain for you guys out there to uh, uh, need to know. Uh, we have been discussing use of uh, unmanned aircraft for Search and Rescue, and he is over here doing that very thing. He's uh, training folks and imparting his skill and his expertise folks here over stateside and, and uh sharing that knowledge. So uh uh I think it'd be a good idea a little bit of a change in continue. that if you just go right into to talking to Chris and some of the things that uh he see we'll go from there. What do you think about
0: uh, well that sounds good. Uh, maybe he could you know uh, prime him on that and get him set up to, to talk about a little bit of what he's doing and we'll 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 just let him go for a while.
1: Okay, well, I'll tell you what, I'm going to go ahead and introduce Chris, and, uh, I'll let him give a little bit of, uh, a bio on himself. And, uh, he can, talk about some, he can talk about some of the things that uh, we've discussed so far, and, uh, make sure I uh, got questions. Go at it,
2: So, um with that, I'm going to introduce, uh, Chris Ringman. Here he is. Hey, Patrick. I'm Chris. I'm on the phone. How are you? Good,
0: sir. Uh, maybe to give the audience a little bit uh, of a background uh, about yourself, a little bio, how you got her. Uh, the cons are a little go, uh, no, but uh, I, I guess, Gene, I'm actually calling White Sands. So, uh, we'll just have to kind of muddle through. If you'd go ahead and give us that bio, we'd be interested in hearing her.
2: Sure. No problem, Patrick. I can, uh, I can understand you. Uh, no problem at all. Well, I'm Chris Onions. I'm um, here from uh, the United Kingdom over in uh, Wimberley, Texas. I'm having a fantastic time, and I'm here courtesy of Rescue 3 International, um, who uh, brought me over as part of their technical rescue conference that they've uh, hosted here in collaboration with uh, Wimberley Rescue and uh, those guys have uh, laid on some fantastic venues and some fantastic demonstrations of uh, current search uh, and rescue practice over here to, to the delegates. So myself, my back, uh, my background is um, full-time. I work for a training provider for Rescue 3 UK, and uh, we provide uh, swift water rescue and uh, rescue from height training uh, to the emergency services. And our, our clients back in the UK are specifically the Fire and Rescue Service, uh, the Police, Law Enforcement Agency, and uh, voluntary search and rescue organisations. And uh, specifically, I've been brought over here uh, by Rescue International to talk about search and how we can incorporate some really sound search and rescue practice that uh, has actually been developed here over in the States but that hasn't necessarily been incorporated into water practice. And that's my interest really, is taking all that sound practice and putting it into the flooded environment and the swift water environment. How we can use um our resources which are very limited to the best effect to find our missing victims um expediently. So uh that's my impression, that's why I'm here, and uh, I am say okay that uh, very productive and very beneficial fun.
0: Excellent. Now, uh, you're from uh, Wales, is that correct? That's correct, Patrick, yep, I'm from Wales. Now, they do have, um, they do have a center up there, I believe they're doing some testing in Wales uh, for unmanned craft, are you aware of that? Um, actually no, uh, you know this is a whole new field
2: for me, and um, I've uh, I've had my eyes open, uh today by Dean, and uh, if you're telling me there's a facility back in Wales if you're doing something similar, then uh,
0: that's news to me. Deep in Yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure they're doing some. Uh, they have a range up there, and they do testing, and they do um, uh, some flood and whatever else. And uh, you know we'll have to get you that information because I think that you could probably. Information back with you, take it down and be able to uh, work with those guys, and um, you know, be applying some of this unmanned aircraft and some of the lessons learned here, um, and bring that home. What do you think about that? You're a connection? Well, was, absolutely, Patrick.
2: I think you know one of the things that's just just so apparent uh, from today and uh, the potential that Gene showed us with these uh, non-piloted uh, craft is that you can gain so much intelligence from a hazardous environment without actually exposing anybody to a risk and then having gained the intelligence you are then in a really good position to to make a plan and uh yep if uh, if we can incorporate that into our strategies we're certainly going to do so it's an absolutely fantastic
0: opportunity i think yeah well we'll get that information for you and then uh, I would i would ask you to i mean i don't know if you guys I, you i know you were in room – uh, and have you had a chance to uh, go out in the field yet with Gene?
2: Uh, yep, absolutely. Gene's going to um, take a out to the field, and we're going to use some handheld GPSs, and uh, we're just going to uh, take some um, data off um, off the PC. We're going to plug it into a GPS, and we're going to go and see what's at the end of it. So this is going to enable the students to uh, having sat in a classroom session, taking on the series to actually go and sort of put like, some kind of real-world uh context. So yeah, we're gonna go and do that right after this is finished.
0: Excellent. Well maybe you could put a check on because I wanna I wanna kinda get the lie of the land and what plans to do. Uh and then maybe some more insight from you later on uh, exactly happening out in the field. Okay, that that sounds good. Okay, thank you, sir.
2: Thank you, Patrick, very much.
0: Gene, are you there,
1: hello, patrick. We uh had a little bit of a communications lag there again.
0: No Just kinda you know we hey, we're working with the best that technology is to offer i via satellite. If uh, that was pretty interesting, what that had to say, we'll definitely have to try and put him an in with. Uh, like I said, there's a center I believe in West. We'll have to put him in touch uh, with those people and see if he could take some of these lessons learned back home with him. Um, but what I'm kind of hoping that you could do, Gene, is uh, possibly give us a lie of the land for today. I know you guys are in the classroom. And they're getting ready to go out in the field could you Could you please explain to the audience uh, what's going on?
1: Sure, we've uh laid out a plan that uh, you would normally use in a search situation, and this would be a land search. We uh, are taking aerial imagery that uh, was collected some time ago, but it is still relevant enough for us to be able to use out here that was done locally and uh, we have some targets that we can see in the images. And we are using some very simple tools like Google Earth, uh, Microsoft Image Viewer, uh, some things that are free or are relatively cheap or people are already used to. And uh, we're going to take some of those aerial images, and we're going to overlay them onto Google. And uh, as we drape them over the landscape, that gives us lat and lawn. It gives us heading. It gives us uh, the altitude. Uh, that, the, uh, uh, that, that the object is at. And uh, from that, we'll be able to dispatch the team in a very directed fashion. We'll go out into the field. They'll have handheld GPS units, rhinos, communication devices of that sort. And we'll be able to direct them via the images that we've taken via the unmanned aircraft right directly to that target that we picked up when we scanned the images and the, the safety and comfort of our mobile command unit. So uh, as Craig said, what this does is this kind of closes the circle. We've talked about theory. We've talked about how you can use unmanned aircraft imagery. And we've talked about uh, uh, different sensors that could be brought to bear. And, uh And we're going to take that same information, and we're going to go out in the field with it, and we're going to put it to practical use. And the, the delegates here that uh, came for the training will be able to to close the circle on that, go out and find it, and see how efficient using this sort
0: of data can be in the search. And it, we've been talking about putting together an application course,
2: uh, you and yeah. it. But uh,
0: I'm, I'm kind of – you're doing it now, today, and I on that? Uh, you are correct. I
1: think this is uh, kind of a, uh, a testing of the waters for us to see how So far, that all the folks that have uh, sat through my ramblings on
0: flying unmanned
1: aircraft and, and uh, collecting imagery uh, get home in a lot of places. Getting a lot of good feedback, and uh, you guys are already saying if we had this win. And being able to apply it to real life situations that they've been in uh and and that bodes well for putting together a curriculum based on
0: this sort of information you're right and, and i mean even from uh what I heard from uh chris's statement it uh he sounds uh' just with the technology and uh talking about. Back you're getting or are are people are they pretty receptive to what you're talking about? oh absolutely
1: receptive, and wondering how come it's not in wider and greater use right now uh and of course we've had to explain why that is the case and uh it's, again, they're wondering where the common sense has gone, but uh you know that's that's not for us to decide or to to get into really, because uh, the regulations are what they are. But uh, they think that uh, it should be out there, and it should be out there in the hands of first responders right now.
0: I would agree with that. And you mentioned that because I wanted to do it being Halloween, a uh, Halloween themed show, howling and the witch cackling to see if we prompt any people to tell us FAA horror stories. <laughs> but there were too many stories through, so we did this instead.
1: Yeah, you are correct. We've
0: got a, a few of our own that are pretty scary, that's for sure. Yeah, and I think it's, uh, you know, this is another uh episode. And as we look at the devastation, uh, you know, that left in the wake of Sandy, I mean, uh, this it, you know, I, I know there are a lot of people out there that are frustrated. There are people in the area that are willing to, that have systems that are willing to take photos of New Jersey and uh, and New York and that areas. If anyone thinks they can use that, there's people to do these services for free, and you get an email here at Patrick at SUSnews.com, and you got to work all the regulatory stuff out at your stuff. There are people that are willing to come out and uh, do photos and do assessments. Uh, it's really true that, uh, we don't have better regulations where people can go out there right now and save people and some and, and do all the other jobs that you can do. I don't want to get too far off the that subject because uh you know i don't really need more frustration in my life, but uh, I'm sure Gene, you can see a million uses for work here in the aftermath of sandy
1: oh absolutely with uh you know the experience that we have with katrina uh it's it's so similar uh ingress egress uh what obstacles are there? Uh and uh I, I I could probably name half of those pilots in the best pilots East Coast with uh still out right now phase of law enforcement most Uh of course I understand now that Mass says that Icona is standing by and ready to assist. so that anybody's gonna get knob by a aircraft
0: Right, well, we'll have to see what happens there um' it'll be nice if we get these systems in the air and uh help these people out there There's a lot of work to be done there um, so I guess like I said, not getting too far off beaten path on that one um you guys are gonna go out into the fold uh you have hurt set up is this uh Um, imagery of stuff that you've been using before. How is that going to work today, Gene?
1: Well, I'm familiar enough with the the property that we're going to be going on. It's about 125 acres. And uh, I'm familiar with uh, landmarks and and, uh, items that are out there currently and been out there for several years. So uh, the scenario is is that we take one of those images, overlay it on Google Earth, um, and then we'll be able to plot our way in. Uh, safely, and then we'll use uh, the handheld to use the, uh, the the lat and long coordinates that, that we received when we did the overlay for Google Earth, and we'll go in and we'll actually tag each one of those items or the item that we select as being cleared as a target that has been cleared by the search team, which is very similar to what you do at, uh, with uh, uh, an incident command situation where it was a large-scale search, you would have to do that. You would have to do that uh, data reporting back so that uh, it could be cleared off. It's a a very methodical and scientific method. Uh, You know, people think that search and rescue is us, a bunch of guys going out there and they they stomp through the fields and, you know, try to find stuff. But there is a science to this. Uh, And it's been studied and and researched significantly. There's uh, lost person behavior. Um, you know the, the Alzheimer's patients, the children—they all react in a similar fashion, and this has been recorded. And this is the type of knowledge that you impart and that you use in conjunction with the tools that are available to you. And uh, you know right. our tool A just happens to be an unmanned aircraft, and uh, we're going to highlight that and the uh, data if produces. It will go out there, clear very quickly, clear uh, a target that it picks up.
0: Right. And you know, again you're laying out as we do every week, more old. Um you know, we we've been you know, warning about the snake oil sales people and whatever else. Uh you know, kind of laying out those warnings about getting um you know, getting information from people that have experience in this field and the stuff that you're talking about there, those those victim behaviors, um You know, those are things that you've uh, plugged into your equation and uh, that are in the book. And really, you know, the book, uh, it should really serve as a textbook. I know it is going to be for our program. But, uh, I mean, uh, I ask you every week, you know, any feedback from the book? uh, Did people in this class, did they have a chance to to, uh, pick up your book and at least uh, read parts and pieces, if not the whole thing?
1: Uh, well, when I passed it out at the beginning of the class, there were guys that were deep into it. By the time I was uh, 15 minutes talking to them, and they were uh, they were on chapter three when I was still on chapter one. So uh, to, to say that the feedback has been positive uh, is an understatement. I think that uh, these guys identify with it. Uh, it's been put together in such a fashion that they can take the science that they've learned and incorporate the tools and they haven't lost anything they've gained everything so uh yeah it has been very very well received i'm very encouraged by you know the actual live use by professionals in the field
0: right and that's you know it's a testament right there um uh, I mean, we really do uh, gel up on our on our work, which we've been trying to do. I've been I've been busy. You know, you've been really busy too. And there's some other current events that hopefully we will will be able to discuss in this program. Um, but I'm I'm glad to hear that feedback. I'm 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 glad to see that people actually delve into your book and actually uh, pull, you know. Useful items out of that, and hopefully something that they can visualize in their own work. And even this meeting that we're at, uh, I, I know it's an international thing. Where, where are some of the other folks coming from?
2: Yeah, uh, hi, it's Chris, back here again because uh, I'm probably in the best position to uh, answer where the uh, from where where the other delegates have come from. Um, basically, okay. We've got people from Oregon. We've got people from. Uh, California, and uh, we've got other delegates from Texas, Uh, and I, of course, I'm from the UK, and I'm here to learn, too, Um, but also, more importantly, within the wider conference that's here in Wimperley currently, we've got uh, people from uh, Australia and uh, people across from Europe, so uh, it's got a truly international feel to it, and, uh, you know, the, the important thing about this is I'm within the training, the rescue training world and uh, and I'm exposed to a huge amount of delegates from Europe so uh, you know I'm in, a, I'm in a good position to uh, further, that, uh, further that chain and expose uh, people to tools such as the one that's been showing us today and the techniques associated with it to a much wider audience and uh, it's something that we don't use in the UK and um, you know I can't explain why that is but um, I'm in a good position to uh, perhaps expose people to um, technology, which is kind
0: of what it's all about, really. Well, and the other thing, you know, is your uh, aviation authority there in the UK are actually, and I've, I've talked to them, uh, met them on several occasions, that uh, allow unmanned aircraft to fly at airports and they're actually uh, pretty pretty good bunch of people there, and they're very pragmatic and straightforward, and I think that you know, if you embrace this technology, you stand a better chance of using it all over the UK, better chance than we do here in the United States. I don't want to get in the weeds too far on that one, but uh, there are a bunch of people there, and uh, if you decide to move forward, that's another connection that we could probably set you up with, but I did want to ask you, now that you're back, and I had asked uh Gene, uh, how the book was going, and I I was just curious, uh, Chris, if you got to read any of Gene's book The first to deploy, and if you could give kind of uh, an impromptu, uh, you know, overview or what you think of it. Um,
2: Well, you know, uh, I've yet to uh, yet to read any of the book, and uh, I apologize for uh, for that uh, for that deficit on my behalf. But uh, I've uh, met Gene on a couple of occasions, and we've chatted around this subject, and. it's very evident that there's, a, you know, a genuine passion for that use and application of technology uh, to the best benefit of uh, missing subjects, and the sad reality is, is that uh, it's also at times the best application of the technology to the families of uh, deceased victims as well, and uh, that's 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 really key, I, I think, you know. Um, sometimes we we have to remember those that are left behind, and uh, this is an application that's helping out in numerous documented cases across the U.S., and that's hugely important that we're dealing with uh, a situation here that has a body of evidence to support it, and uh, that's got to be very positive. Right.
0: disclosure for the family is very important, too, and I know you've you've been doing this for years too, and I've I've uh, I read some of those case studies and genes, and it, they're they're really uh kind of heart wrenching, uh, but I guess for the family at least, you know, they they take some closure and know what's uh know what happened. You made so the point. About that. be yep. Yes. Oh, yeah. well, and um, so I I drop there for a second. I don't know if you realize that or not, but I get calling in via satellite. <laughs> she's got to go with what uh technology we've got here. Um, I don't know. So um you know any any other thing you would like to add about the class?
2: Um basically I'm just going to I'm just going to conclude here with a thing. Um, we've just got a bunch of students upstairs inside the classroom at the minute and they're just uh chomping at the bit to uh um, do some further work with Gene, and then we're going to get out in the field that Gene has described and uh, put all this within a real world process. And that's really important from our perspective that we're just not giving students the theory, but we're also showing them in the real world what that application is, difficult to associate uh, with that art. So uh, I think we're going to go and uh, crack on and do Yeah, well, that uh,
0: real world complicated to that, and I think that, uh, better than any other um, form of instruction. When you get guys out there and you start applying the concept, talking about right there in the field, putting A to B equaling C is the way to go. So I appreciate that feedback. Maybe if Gene's back there, we can we can ask him some more questions. Do you see him?
2: Gene's just here. I'm just gonna pass you across to him.
0: Okay. Thank you.
2: Okay, I'm back, Patrick.
0: All
1: right,
0: well, it sounds good. I, I did drop out there once, uh, again, <laughs> satellite calls, so hey. Um, but uh, it sounds like uh, everything we've been kind of talking about in the past is kind of uh, reaffirming those notions. The uh, class seems very interested in what you've been showing them, and uh, they're, it sounds like they're definitely to start making the connection.
1: Yep, I think that uh, we're going to probably have to uh, get these guys mobilized pretty quick because uh, we've let them sit up there for a while with their own devices. And uh, as we were leaving, they were tuning up their GPS and their, their uh, rhino radios to get out there in the field and find our first target. So... Uh, You know, we were trying to get out there a little earlier so we would be able to to do this from the field as we were doing it. So we're about as close as we can be without actually being in the field. But uh, it is uh, from the field in the sense that we did start our training program. We did start a class in it, and it has been very well received. And uh, this final bit of closing the loop, I think, will probably hammer home everything that,
0: that we've learned. Okay. Well, I mean, I don't want to hold you up too long. The only other thing I wanted to talk about, there were more um, things that uh, we wanted to talk about real quick about that that hearing that you were at last week. Um, Is it possible for you to talk a little bit about that?
1: Sure. Um, We went to the uh, the hearing that was put on by Ted Poe, congressman ted poe of houston and it was attended by several other congress people uh one from california one from uh georgia and another one from texas uh whose names escape me at the moment i'd have to look at my notes but uh it uh as inquiries or panels go it was very well organized very um orchestrated and uh each person had Four to five minutes to, to talk on the panel. Uh, the first four were uh, academians and they were uh, very happy to, to discuss philosophy and uh, theorize on laws and privacy. The second panel, of course, included uh, uh, Gretchen West of AUBSI, and uh, she did her best to try to, you know, dispel that we aren't going out trying to take pictures of folks in their backyard. Uh, there were two other law enforcement agencies represented that uh, didn't indicate one way or the other whether they really wanted to do, use U.A. or that they have the uh, Texas Rangers tax use of them. Uh, Harris County SO has not used them and don't intend to use them yet. So uh, it was very interesting to, to hear those sorts of comments come from those chiefs. One of the things that uh, was really surprising, though, as the uh, academia began discussing privacy issues and those sorts of uh, legal implications and law that was in place, uh, the gentleman from Georgia happened to liken or compare our small unmanned aircraft to semi-automatic weapons. Uh, I I promptly uh, almost fell out of my chair on that one. But uh, his idea was is that uh, small unmanned aircraft should be, at the very least, licensed like semi-automatic weapons, which was kind of an eye opener. And uh, the uh, the bill, uh, 6199 that Ted uh, has proposed, was indicated to be a rather crude pass at a privacy law concerning unmanned aircraft. It was pointed out by one of the uh the honorable Congressmen there that this was a placeholder, and uh, it was to be filled out after it was passed, which to me was the case of Nancy Pelosi saying we need to pass this bill to find out what's in it uh i that didn't sit well with me then, and uh the idea that this bill is a privacy placeholder to be filled out at a later date um that really doesn't fit too well with me from uh, a transparency standpoint or from a representation standpoint. So, No, not uh, at all. It, it's going to be interesting to see how this bill plays out. But uh, if anyone is interested, it is House Bill 6199, authored by the Congressman Ted Poe of Houston. I would suggest very strongly that you put that on your radar and watch it because it could significantly impact what we do in that they are indicating that you would be required to have a warrant or any law enforcement agency would be required to obtain a warrant before any unmanned aircraft flight could be performed for any reason
0: pretty uh that's pretty scary stuff and uh i mean it being halloween and all that is that's that is really scary i mean that would just think but it would be the coup de grace for this injury here domestically well that was the scariest story i could come up with and let me tell you what
1: my hair is still standing on end
0: yeah, unfortunately, you know, this industry is, I think we're going to be fighting the uphill battles now uh, for a while uh, to come. But I do think that the, the, the search and rescue uh, things that are going on and you guys are, are doing today, I think, are the best avenue for this technology in the immediate future. Um I don't think that anyone deny that. I, you know, we, I, I sent you that slide. I don't know if you had the opportunity to reference that slide at the hearing uh, that talked about people's acceptance of this technology, search and rescue, and other uh, uses that uh, they weren't really too, let's say, apprehensive about their, their privacy issues. Uh, were we right. able to uh, use any of that information or no?
1: Unfortunately, it was so well orchestrated, and all answers and testimony had to be submitted and approved before you were even allowed to speak, so uh, from what I understand, it took quite a bit to get Gretchen West on one of those panels as a representative of the industry. Uh, Of course, you had uh, the Electronic Foundation was on there, what Frontier EFF was on. Uh, and they were as prepared as they usually are and stated that uh, uh, the privacy issue is a, a major concern and they, that it should be addressed through this bill. So obviously they support it. It's it's just frustrating to, to not be able to get the information out that we see on a daily basis that we can put into practice, that, uh, uh, as Chris said, it, it, the body of evidence is there, that it works. And uh, uh, as you've mentioned, that one slide that the Pew poll, uh, polls are popular right now because it's election week, so we'll call the Pew poll and say that 80% of the people approve of SAR or or unmanned aircraft use in a SAR situation. Right.
0: 80%. Well, it's a very big number. And the thing with that, too, is, is, you know, it's funny, is, is, you know, talking to Chris, He's just been exposed to this, and actually Gary sent me the name of the test range up there in Wales, and it's Aberporth. Aberporth, I think I'm pronouncing it correctly. You could pass that on to Chris, and then also my email, and we'll we'll get him those connections at UKCAA. But it's kind of ironic, is he's just being exposed to this technology, thinks it's great. You've been doing it for years, but he can actually go back there and probably easier time getting the uh UKAA to authorize flights for search and rescue than you yes. can. Yeah, I agree. And you know, it goes right on back to the FAA leading the way, you know. And I it's like I I don't even so like I you know, take any part in beating up on the FAA on this deal. It's just absurd. it's really bizarre. I mean what is the the, the craft that you use, what is it weigh, Gene? Your primary uh, workhorse.
1: Our, our primary aircraft weighs 4.4 pounds, as it has been dictated from the very beginning, and we have uh, actually lightened up a little bit. It weighs that. It weighs it, weighs, it weighs up exactly four pounds with uh, uh, an EO sensor and this particular So the risk mitigation should be there. Miter did all the the impact studies. And, kinetic energy stuff, so, uh, you know, it's, it's really a mystery to me why something like that is not flying around right now with these groups.
0: Well, you know, we've we've gone back and forth on those and uh, on, on uh, speculating on the reasons and some of them known and some unknown, but uh, I will say that the feedback I'm getting about the podcast series is there. there are a lot of people... That are finding this podcast series, obviously, with the downloads that we've had. And they're listening to this information, and we are opening a lot of people's eyes. And I think as this grows and the audience grows, we're going to be reaching people uh, that hopefully have the ear of people that make laws like Congress and make policy on FEMA and DHS and all the rest of that. I know we're, we're actually starting to get some traction now um, with, with DHS, et cetera. And uh, as we move into the future, Gene, I, I think uh, we're going to be right out there on the cutting edge, trying to get people to accept this technology. And I think if the general public can see what it can do, and the different ways that it can be used, uh, they may just they may come to their senses and realize that like EFF and ACLU are going to use this as a as this issue as a way to generate you know funding and donations and whatever else. You and disagree.
1: I completely agree with that. If uh, if we could get mainstream media to pick up on some of the, the positive aspects of what we're doing, I think that you'd see public perception and attitude change dramatically.
0: I would agree with that. And plus, we got to get them educated on the uh, the EOIR sensors that are being used on uh, manned police assets now. I mean, same thing with the manned uh, police assets now. They don't have to search warrant to use those. Uh, they fly around, you know, all the time, and they're doing everything. And I, and I think that that's another thing that uh, we can move further into the future ourselves. Is some, and this will probably get stolen, too. Privacy best practices. And um, that's one thing I've noticed is, is items that we talk about in this podcast seem to start creeping up the week or two after we talk about them, which, you know, it's a good thing because the whole industry, you know, the, all, the rising tides, all boats, um, and also innovation is the best form of flattery. Any comments on that, Gene? <laughs> well,
1: I would like to think that we were being one of the first folks out there, since we have been working at it for the last, you know, some odd years, working very hard at it. So, uh, yeah, I think that uh, there are a lot of folks out there kind of play like catch up with us.
0: I would concur with that, and uh, you know, getting some of those ideas from us, again, I mean, uh, as pioneers in the, uh, let's say, advocacy roles, we've put a lot of work and a lot of effort into, let's say, getting this this group or this industry or community to to try and, let's say, pull on the long pants and, and be serious and be smart and be safe. Um I think the proof is in the pudding there. All the it's been put out from the r uh, and performed yeah. and papers written and testimony and and work. Uh there's a whole body there and and through that whole time it's been the same thing. So with that said, uh I'm 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 okay with it. It would be nice to uh as we move forward here to see other people in the responsible model. I know, out in your uh, travels, too. Um, are you seeing anything else that's uh, raising an eyebrow for you, or or people you think people are moving in the right direction? Well, I did attend a. Uh, I
1: was a, a, a panelist on uh, an economic impact survey of the unmanned aircraft industry in North Texas, up uh, near uh, Arlington, and uh, they are very excited about the economic possibilities that unmanned aircraft could bring to their area. We had representatives from the Arlington Police Department. Uh, there was myself. There were some engineers. There were folks from uh, uh, Bell Textron, obviously. A uh, A U V S I was represented. And there was a couple other uh, folks from startup companies that uh, are in UA industry. And the, the conclusion is is that as soon as the government will allow, there will be an industry that is going to literally explode. Uh, it's going to take off, right. it's going to provide a lot of jobs, and there's going to be a lot of money made and uh, uh, a lot of uh, economic development in those areas that are prepared. And, uh, you know, you talk about the things that we've done over the past few years. We've got, you know, almost nine years of advocacy and, and actual use. And uh, I think folks are finding that there's some weight in that. Uh, and uh, we were very well with being, uh, up there on that one. And it was, it was quite interesting to hear other people's perspectives uh, from a law enforcement standpoint and from a business standpoint. Uh, our host was... Um, an incubator, a business incubator, and uh, they are uh, very much embracing this technology even though they had gotten their their feet wet in the medical industry, medical technology actually, so this was kind of a natural progression for them to move into the technology of unmanned aircraft and, and they're firmly entrenched thinking this, this is going to be one of the bigger paths to be on.
0: Well, I, I agree with that. I think this one, if we could get some, uh, you know, contents regulation, I think would explode into uh, perfect wage jobs, jobs for, for businesses, and then the ancillary. We're going to go over here. I actually got a meeting. We're going to talk to some people are in uh, Las Vegas. The Economic Development Committee over there that I met in Lubbock, and I know they're very, very interested in technology and having a presence in there bigger than the the New Mexico State University PSL. So I know Texas is hot to try it on this. A lot of states are. Uh, we've been talking to Oklahoma. You talk to Texas. You talk to North Dakota. There's a lot of states that see the future here. I, you know, I'm glad we're out there on the cutting edge of that. And another 45 minutes has come and sped by, Gene. So <laughs> I know, it's amazing. Um, every, well, thank goodness all of our comms held together. Uh, our thought prayers are with the people uh, that have been you know, that have subjected to Sandy. Good luck yep. with your thing out in the field. And, um, you know, until next week, Dean. We will see I, uh, you then. Look, okay, sir. So I look forward to hearing what happened at this. Have a good week. You too. See ya.